three, two, one, go. to the Triad of the Force podcast, the podcast from Puerto Rican friends coming together to do deep dives into Star Wars and other nerd-related media. This is season four, episode 14, and first of all, we would like to apologize that we haven't recently released anything. We've been kind of having a little bit of a struggle here trying to decide what to release now because we want to support the SAG-AFTRA WGA strike because you know, we want to break picket lines and so we've been trying to, you know, write who's trying to decide what's okay to say, not to say, what content to release. So in yeah. respect to that, we're going to talk a little bit about the strike, about a book that we've read that yeah. And we are excited for Ahsoka. We can't really talk about it yet. Hopefully the strike will be addressed by the time Ahsoka comes out. We don't know yet. But preparing for that, we wanted to touch on Ahsoka and what she represented in Rebels. Mm -hmm. was where we kind of left her off we're not doing a full rebels rewatch um if you're into that go check out our friends at star wars explains they are doing one so if you're into that and they're much better than we are so mm -hmm. that. we're just talking about the ahsoka episode so we're kind of doing a little mini series focusing on each season actually i think with season two you might have to split because she's in season two a lot it's very interesting uh yeah. because I didn't remember how little and how much she's kind of like in the show, in, depending yeah. on which season uh, yeah. you're on. So it's kind of fun to kind of look back and see right. all of that. Um, I will, full disclosure, I have not rewatched. So I hope that you did <laughs> so that we can, in a way, be in an inverted situation from Clone Wars where like now you're yeah. quote unquote the expert and I'm just like the one that's like, oh, yeah, oh, how about right. that? Uh, although I think, although I think for season one, uh, I think I'll be safe. Uh, but yeah, as you said, and we probably might have this disclaimer at the beginning of the episode, but it's never bad to repeat things. Like Nani was saying, we are 100% supportive of all the writers and actors in both guilds, the WGA and SAG After Strikes. It's important to know that this episode was recorded during uh, mm -hmm. those strikes. And that without the labor of the writers and actors that work on all of these series, we wouldn't have them. Have anything. So yeah. if you're willing and able, please support the writers and the actors currently on strike by either donating to the Entertainment Community Fund, which link is down in the description below. Or if you cannot donate, which is totally fine. Just make sure to raise awareness in any way that you can by either... Uh, retweeting or reposting because now twitter is dead i guess a post to like make sure that the word gets out so that people don't get complacent because as when things get extended yeah. for vast periods of time people get complacent and they get used to it and forget and, 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 don't forget follow and, and mm -hmm. it, it becomes a thing where it's kind of gets normalized and it fades away from the public consciousness so mm -hmm. it's kind of important to race awareness in any way that we can which is one of the reasons why we've kind of decided to go on with the podcast in any sort of capacity because it's one of those things that's kind of a double-edged sword we were just talking about it before starting yeah. to record yeah. if we're not putting out episodes then we're contributing to radio silence in terms yeah. of and then if we talk about, about the shows too much then maybe we're in a sense crossing the picket lines and we don't want to either so 
trying to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. It's important. Awareness is important, and we have to talk about it. And regardless of what capacity we move forward with the podcast in terms of our discussions of the upcoming uh, shows from all the truck companies, we will still be doing our disclaimers and making our point to have that like in the description with the links for donation for people that can donate to donate. Uh, keep talking about it so that you, uh, no one sleeps on it. So we're, we're trying to do our best. It might, we might not get it right on the first try or the second try, but, but we, we are, but we will keep trying and we are very cognizant that the strike is important because without, again, like we said at the beginning, without these people, we don't, we, we have none of the things that we love. Uh, so no AI. AI is going to destroy everything. It's going to replace, it's like, did, did, did these people not watch Terminator? I know. Did they not watch like any of these movies? It's like, come on, man, you're going to replace humanity with robots? Yep. What is this? So it's kind of a, it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. Because imagine kind of horrifying, if horrifying, actually. It, it is. It is horrifying. Uh, yeah. All the things that I've read about the studios wanting to scan actors and take their lice, uh, their 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 likenesses in perpetuity to use in however ways they want, with only paying them like minimum SAG after rates for just one day, and then it's it's it's, it's, it's horrifying, horrifying. Yeah. Uh, so we have to fight back because what will the future of 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 well, yeah, know, of art to be if we don't well, have. And if that just starts with it. entertainment, then they can what scan you randomly on the street, take your likeness. You know, no, it's it's, it's an extreme. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 wild because the people yeah. that want to do that are obviously the the CEOs and people in power in these cor in these corporations and are the people that don't create anything. They're not the ones that you know make art that go through these human experiences to translate them into stories that we can connect with. They're not doing anything. They just want to cut costs. That's they want to cut costs by replacing the people that actually create beautiful things with soulless things for just money. And it's, and it's what's the point at that point? You know, it's like we're not doing what we do to talk about the shows we love because it's just badass. It's like, no, it's because they make us feel something because we connect with it because it's telling us stories yeah. about the things that we live through. And I think that's the important things of storytelling, art, media, movies, TV shows. They're an extremely powerful medium, which is why it's a multi-billion dollar industry because people connect with these stories and, you know, we have to defend it. So we're doing, we're trying to do our part. We might, you know, we, we might disagree with like how we're moving forward with doing it, but, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to do it in the we're best way that, that we can. And... So keep, you know, Keep strong, everyone, like in the picket lines. Uh, it's important. And we, we see you, we support you, and, we, yeah. and, and, and we're there with you in spirit. And, you know, we're, we're trying, man. And hopefully everyone that, you know, is listening does their part, too. If they can. If they can. Okay, so actual content. What book did you read recently, Goose, that you were telling me that you really, really enjoyed? I think it's a book you would like, actually. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't want to project too much on what uh, what you would like, you know. Right, right. Uh, but you have a diverse palette of books that you enjoy. I, mean, I know you like a lot of YA, which speaking of, which speaking of uh, the High Republic YA books, I think I think kick, are really good. Yeah. Kick some serious ass, and I think you you yeah. you you get you get some 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 amusement. 
out of them, if not if not pure joy, at least. Okay. Uh, but this one is the most current publishing from uh, Lucasfilm. Well, not Lucasfilm. Yeah, Lucasfilm in a way. But Del Rey Publishing, which is Delilah Dawson's uh, Inquisitor, Rise of the Red Blade. Uh, this is the Comic-Con convention exclusive uh, mm. cover, which, FYI, I did not attend Comic-Con San Diego. <laughs> Because I've been traveling too much this year and I don't have money to travel. So I have to give a massive kudos and thank you to This That Writes. If you don't follow him on Instagram threads, please make sure to follow him. He has really good content. He reads a lot more than I do. So you will get a lot more book content than I can ever dream to deliver. But he was very, very kind to pick me up a copy at Comic-Con and send it to me. Because when I saw this cover, I'm just like, I, I need it. Need it. <laughs> immediately because it's just a uh, beautiful it's gorgeous it's yep. beautiful but uh it's written by delilah dawson who if you know or don't know you, i'll let you know now is a previous star wars author she's written phasma a couple of stories for the uh, the from a certain point of view uh books for the 40th anniversary of the original trilogy a uh, really great author i've read some of her non-star wars books they're really really good and this one was no exception. It was a book that I was a little on the fence about reading because I wasn't familiar with the character that it starred. Right. Uh, I wasn't. Per I mean, I know since it's about Inquisitors that it's you know during you know the the original trilogy or the early parts of you know the rebellion four, right between mm -hmm. three and four, uh, kind of the same time frame as Rebels, I guess. Uh, so I, so since you know I wasn't sure, I'm just like ah maybe I'll skip this one, but. I started getting a lot of praise. Lots of the people that get the ARCs, the advanced readers' copies, uh, which Del Rey, you haven't put us on that list. You keep put doing us... that, and you haven't gotten any. You know, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't want to feel entitled, but it's just like, come on, man. It's, uh, I don't. We're we're trying to avoid talking about struck companies, but there's, you know, but we're we get invited sometimes. Like some things, uh, it'd be nice to get a book once in a while. <laughs> Uh, not that I would read it in time to put reviews out by the time they want it because I read slow AF, but, but you know, it's nice. Yeah, it would be nice. Courtesy. I, I would, I would feel very, you know, it would brighten up my day and I kind of need that <laughs> lately. But, uh, anyway, the book, the book was great. It's about this, uh, Jedi called Iskat Akaris. Uh, which is very, very Game of Thrones kind of name, actually. Like, right. When I yeah, read the Akaris, I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, it's kind of Drakaris. Interesting. Uh, but really, really cool. Obviously, it's a female-led led book. So it was really interesting to see like how Delight kind of framed uh, the book through the w woman's perspective and fe yeah. women's struggle in a male-powered, uh, uh, dominated industry, well, industry, society, whatever you want to call it, through the Jedi Temple and, and war and all these things. So it was really great to see how Star Wars and Delilah and this book specifically kind of managed that marriage, right? Between kind of real world things that everyone, well, not everyone, because I don't, but like women struggle with and then translate that into the Star Wars world without having to be, I mean, I don't want to say it's obvious because it is obvious because it's a woman struggling, but kind of not, you know, be... Slapping you in the face with it. Exactly. It's a, it's a way that, <laughs> that, that, that melds into the story naturally. And doesn't like take you out of it because I'm like oh you know or 
kind of pushing an agenda yeah. and it's kind of forced mm -hmm. into the story. It's like, no, it's very natural into the story. So it, it, it fits, it fits really well. And I think the whole story is, it's talked about brilliantly. And I think one of the great things about the book is that it starts during the prequel trilogy, more or less like during Attack of the Clones, because we get to see her as a Jedi Padawan right before the Battle of Geonosis and everything okay. that she has to go through from there and how she feels kind of disenfranchised with the order and her master she doesn't feel a connection with and she has all these feelings inside that she wants to kind of talk about and the jedi order kind of doesn't is, let her doesn't yep. let her as ignoring her kind of gaslights her oh not kind of they don't 100 gaslight her well no feelings and no feelings <laughs> uh so there's a and i don't want to go I don't, all of them every <laughs> single one but i don't think there's psychiatrists <laughs> or psychologists in the galaxy as we talked before even though they're desperately needed But uh, yeah, so we kind of see that journey from her being in the Jedi Order, and it's not a spoiler to say she turns into an Inquisitor because it's right there in the title of the book, and right. you know, and she's in the cover, mm -hmm. so you kind of know that she's an Inquisitor. Uh, so let's see how that transformation. But then, the flip side of seeing, oh, I gave in to the dark side. I'm going into this dark realm because it's promised to me like all these things that I've been searching for that were right. denied from me from the light. But then, kind of see how it's the same if not worse because it's not about what uh, like a societal structure or whatever isn't giving you it's about what you seek for yourself type of thing so very good it's one of those books that feels very small because it's about one character and right. their development but also very big because she goes through like a lot of different galactic events right from right. about all your noses to a lot of different skirmishes and different planets so It's it's simultaneously very small in terms of like the intent of the mm -hmm. character development and her story, but yeah. but wide in terms of its setting within the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, I'm not gonna go into spoilers yeah. with what happens at the end, but it's something that I just learned thanks to our friend Sean Room that apparently the end had been shown like in a comic book before the Darth Vader comic books by Charles Soule. They had shown the bad the, comic books what the so. ending what the ending of this book was so if you've read those books i mean comic books and you know what happens here but it was gut without me having read those comics the end had me like oh gut -wrenching. it was gut-wrenching <laughs> so like i said before i read very very slow and this book i absolutely like devoured it and like read it very very quickly so do yourselves a favor if you're into reading which you should Uh, get yourself a copy and thank me later so I, this wasn't meant to be like a whole review podcast episode but since now you, you opened the excited. door i kind of had to well so, as soon as we started talking go. before this we hadn't talked in a while it's true because of you know, yeah. life and you said you read this book that you love so much so we have yeah, to talk yeah. about it i mean it's, it's actual content that we can talk about right now and it's always good to you know bring attention to some of the lesser known properties especially books especially considering that the books tend to go a little bit crazier and there's like oh, more yeah. diverse storylines. So, you know, the more attention the books get, the more possibility of people getting into them. And then maybe those stories get made in some other formats. Mm -hmm. it's, it's always good to talk as much Star Wars as we can. I know yeah. we've been a little bit lax on the comics and everything, but people that are really into the comics, they have amazing storylines. So there's a, there's a good amount, really, really good amount of Star Wars stuff to get into. It's a lot. Publishing is definitely doing the heavy lifting <laughs> for Star Wars uh, between the books and the comic books and the High Republic 
and and I mean even the video games because Star Wars Jedi Survivor, yeah, was really really good, not just game but story, you know. And one of the great stories that I appreciated because it's starting to do the things that we kind of like from interconnected media like this, which is you know jump from one medium to another, and then Survivor has lots of tie-ins to the High Republic. So it's very nice to kind of start seeing, you know, things cross over into different mediums. So that's why I'm excited for Acolyte, because we're going to see High Republic stuff there. So, yeah. yeah. Read. Read. Get the Audible if you don't want to read. Get the Audible. Uh, read it sonically. I don't know if that's considered reading, but at least you, can, you, you, you got the book somehow into your, into your brain. So do that. Do that. <laughs> but anyway, we, we're not here to discuss uh, Inquisitor Rice of the Red Blade, even though we've spent a lot of time talking about it. We're here to talk about Rebels, but not as a recap. This is not a recap channel. This is a discussion channel, and we're here to discuss Rebel Season 1 in terms of Ahsoka's appearance. Ahsoka. However, I don't think we can like talk about Ahsoka's appearance without you know talking a little bit about Rebels and the context of the show because we haven't really talked about Rebels in the past. We did talk about remembering Rebels a little bit. We have talked a little bit about the world between worlds, but we've never kind of dove in and be like, hey. And we talked about some of the characters because we talked a lot about Hera and stuff, about like the mothers of Star Wars. And I think we did uh, an episode about all the crazy um, sentient beasts that we get in Rebels. Right, 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 right. Because Ezra has this extra ability that he can That was a good. That was a good episode title. I might. Yeah. I must say it was. Yeah. It, it was a Beauty in the Beast. The Beast. I yeah. was like, God oh, damn, that was a good one. That's a good one. Good job. There's us. a lot of really good stuff in Rebels, but yeah, we kind of want to keep it about Ahsoka. And aside from the family of Ahsoka, um, the Ghost and the Phantom in Rebels, then do you want to mention a little bit how we ended up with Ahsoka at the end of the Clone Wars, or do you? Well, it's kind of conf- it's well. I don't want to say confusing. It's not confusing. It's more that it's a uh, convoluted might be like the more appropriate uh, term because when Rebel starts, uh, yeah, Clone Wars seven hasn't come out right. yet. Yep. Clone Wars had been canceled. We just had uh, season six. We got the lost episodes. So in a way, we didn't really know what had happened to Ahsoka. Ahsoka. I, I, I mm-hmm. think, please correct me if I'm wrong, because I think you've seen Clone Wars a little more recent than I have. Yeah. Uh, last we know about Ahsoka, she left the temple. Like she yeah. gave she gave Anakin her like Padawan uh, yeah. beads, and she yeah. walks away. So that's kind of the last thing that we knew about her. Up and until I don't actually point. remember if the book came out before season seven. Yes. Oh, well, oh, it came out way. Oh, so, yeah. That's why people yeah. were a little upset with season seven because like, oh, they Filoni's retconning things. But people will always complain about something, I guess. Okay. Pero refresh my memory. You obviously were very anti Clone Wars before. I wasn't anti Clone Wars. I you just were anti Clone Wars. You were anti. I just could not get into it. You yeah. were like the animation sucks. And... <laughs> So you're like you were you were non grata. Like Clone Wars was like a serious non grata for you, until <laughs> until we forced it upon you, yeah, uh, with your consent, the... of course, with this yeah. podcast. But mm-hmm. with Rebels, refresh my memory on what was your journey with Rebels. Did you watch it before I... Clone Wars? You watch it after Clone Wars? Okay. What was your expectation level? All that good stuff. 
Okay. So by the time we started the podcast, everything was out. Mm-hmm. All of Clone Wars and all of Rebels. Osbando had been a huge fan of the Clone Wars. And again, I was kind of anti it. And then once season seven came out, that everybody fell in love with it. He's like, now you have to watch it. Season seven's out. You have to watch it. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> um, I remember we saw a clip of, I think it was the last season of Rebels when we went to the Tower Celebration with Lando. Yes. And I really liked the animation in Rebels. So I kept in my mind, like, I actually want to watch that. And but I never did. And then we decided to do the podcast. So I started with Clone Wars. I did all Clone Wars all the way through, and then I started with Rebels. And with Rebels, I got into it right away. I Interesting. Even especially the first beginning. season. Hmm. Yep. I got hooked on Rebels right right away. I remembered. And then I wasn't shocked that obviously spoilers. Rebels has been out for years. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that fulcrum. You know, the shocker at the end of the season that it's actually Ahsoka, which they actually do an amazing build-up to it. But I had read the book, and she becomes Fulcrum. Ah, uh, so it wasn't a surprise for so me. So it wasn't a surprise for me. I was like, it's going to be Ahsoka. And Wally over here, like, Cosbando, what are you doing? Are you spoiling shit for me? I was like, well, I, sometimes it's a title. I think there's other people that have had Like Cassian. So, Cassian Andrew was a Fulcrum. Right. Yep. Yeah, so... I was like, it doesn't necessarily have to be. And they do a really good job of masking the voice. And it's always very cowed. You, you don't see any mm-hmm. of her face until literally the reveal at the end of the season. So I was having doubts myself. It was actually going to be her. Mm-hmm. It was still really exciting to find out that it was Ahsoka. That we're going to get Ahsoka again. And then season two, which we're going to talk about later in another episode because she's huge in season two to see her having such an active role is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's in, it's interesting because in rewatching and going back and seeing some of the clips, because again, like I haven't re- rewatched the Rebels. Whole thing, yeah. I haven't rewatched Rebels for this, which, oh, sorry. Uh, but, uh, you know, we you look at the clips and you see some things. I, I, I need to, for yeah. sure. And because it's, it's good. It's good. Even though, good. even though, I said it before, and I'll say it again. I was the opposite of you yeah. in regards you like the to animation and the ana- exactly. Way, I know. Mm-hmm. I love the animation in Clone Wars. Well, especially towards like the the yeah. latter half, because obviously when it starts in season one, it's kind of very it's, clunky. It's messed yeah. up, but yeah. but but you know, but but it's the the genesis of how it ended up was there and now we have in the bat batch like this beautiful animation oh, yeah. that started with with clone wars so like i'm very enamored with that yeah. particular style so i wasn't too much of a fan with the spaghetti limbs of uh rebels it was too this is gonna sound like like a contradictory statement but to me it was too cartoony even though clone wars is also very cartoony yeah uh, but you know what i mean like that style yeah. didn't resonate yeah which what you call Rebelly, I think it's like more flowy instead of like more boxy. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it does. I mean, Rebels does have like some beautiful scenes uh, when like oh yeah uh, that like are, are are you know are art pieces, which is why I like I got the art of Star Wars Rebels. I have it somewhere in there because you know there's there's some really great artistic qualities uh, to the show. But in terms yeah. of like the animation, like the of general aesthetics of what you like, and it, just, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I came into the show with the handicap of being like, ugh, 
I don't, I don't, it look, doesn't look like I want it to look. I yeah. want it to look like Clone Wars. So, but you know, you have to get over yourself sometimes because, you know, yeah. the store, the, the, the art shouldn't trump the, well, the animation style shouldn't trump mm -hmm. the art of the storytelling. Mm -hmm. And Rebels is one of the best Star Wars out there. I will admit that it took me a while to get onto the, the, the story bandwagon mm -hmm. of Rebels because I think it, which is kind of the same thing that happened with Clone Wars. It starts out a little on the kid's side, which is unfair to say because it's a kid's show. It's, yep. But I, I think it's Ezra's fault. Ezra sucks at the beginning. I'm sorry. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, uh, Ezra was kudos. super annoying at the beginning, but you, you get But to he's supposed enjoy. to be, though. Well, he's supposed to be. He's a kid that grew up by himself in this, like, overtaken planet. And I do like that that first season, like, you get the idea that the rebellion is starting. That the Empire has completely taken over and you have these random cells of rebels. It, there's a very much Ander quality. Oh, yeah. Uh, Except Ander obviously is very much adult and kind of grim. And this one, yeah, it looks more kiddie, but it's still grim. Like, Ezra lost his parents. He's been by himself in Lothal for like seven or eight years mm -hmm. and and somehow gets, you know, thrown into like this family that's like a rebel cell, but nobody really knows what's going on in the grand scheme of things. And that's when we start to get like these messages from Fulcrum mm -hmm. and the entire time, like Sabine doesn't trust. She's like, why are we being sent on these missions? Every time we get sent on one of these missions, something goes wrong. Are you sure it's not like the bad guys leading us around? You know, one of the bad things about keeping everything secret. It's good mm -hmm. because you don't want people to tattle on the entire operation, but at the same time, the individual cells don't know what's going on, which is a lot of what we see in Andor. Yeah. That it's like, and, and why I feel like so many of these earlier rebels got, you know, disillusioned with mm -hmm. the movement because they didn't know what was going on in the grand scheme of things. So you think, what am I risking my life for? Yeah. Nothing. Which is which is so good, especially now in this post Andor world, right? Yeah. Because we see exactly what you're talking about in Rebels, obviously, and it works so good there. But then now with Andor, we get like so much more context to that that I think right. elevates Rebels even more because that scene right. between uh, Stellan Skarsgård and Forrest Whitaker, right, where they're in the cave, Sagarera, and, uh, and I forgot yeah. Stellan Skarsgård's character's name. I'm sorry. Hey, it's, 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 been, it's been a couple it's weeks. It's been a while. Nice. It's been a while. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Hey, but when those two characters like are talking, and Zagirera starts, you know, and and Stellan's saying like, "Hey, we need to get everyone together." And he's like, "Oh, the the partisan alliance, the other guys, like all these, uh, the the whatever front," and starts like list, listing all the little rebel factions that are separate, separate, doing their own thing. It then it really strengthens what Rebels was doing by kind of showing that that everyone isn't really in this unified rebellion like we see at the end of Return of the Jedi. It's yeah. really kind of yeah. everyone, everyone's alone, basically. Yeah. So Rebels is kind of genius in that sense. Luthen Rail, thank you. Oh, my God. My <laughs> mind is a sunless place, guys. Oh, my God. Uh, Luthen Rail, thank you. Holy crap. One of my favorite monologues, and I forgot the name of the character. It's fine. Uh, but... <laughs> I, I think that's a great thing about Rebels. And that's why I appreciate that it ended when it did, because it was able to kind of tell a very tight narrative. Mm -hmm. And bringing Ahsoka in, especially when it did help kind of the show kind of springboard into what it became, 
in seasons yeah. two, three, and four because it's like this isolated community that are figuring out how to be a family together and fight the empire in an isolated way. And then through this one character that kind of springs board everything to yeah. open it up to the greater galactic conflict is Chef's Kiss. And the fact that it's Ahsoka is beautiful. And it's very analogous, I think, to what happened in Mando season two with specifically Bo-Katan. I mean, I know Ahsoka kind of has a similar thing, but yeah. I think Bo-Katan is like that Ahsoka like Ahsoka is to Rebels, but Bo-Katan is to the Mandalorian. Or when Mando meets Bo-Katan, that's when the series yeah. starts being this show about like this family unit with Mando and yeah. Grogu, and then becomes mm -hmm. like this bigger conflict with the Mandos and Mandos and the Empire. And the same thing with the Rebels. Once Ahsoka comes into the picture, it's like, oh, we're opening the floodgates. And it's kind of an obvious character to do that with, if you kind of think about it. You wouldn't expect it necessarily. No, no. Because because coming from the Clone Wars, you see her story so tied to Anakin mm -hmm. that after the end of the Clone Wars, that's like she completely is, is she's gone. She leaves the her lightsabers and everything, and, mm -hmm. and um, Darth Vader at this point just finds that lightsaber in the snow in that destroyed Star Destroyer and probably just assumes that Ahsoka died. I'm pretty sure he thought for a long time. Mm -hmm, well, we and don't then, know. We didn't know that starting Rebels, yeah. but now with context, we do. Yeah. So you're just like you end there without knowing if Ahsoka even really survived or if she wanted to like leave completely, which I I knew because I read the book. By the way, the book is great. So if you haven't read the book, it, it ties a lot of the hmm, of everything together, like what happens after Order sixty six for her. Um. So you would not necessarily think that she would be appropriate for a character here which mm -hmm. is but you wouldn't necessarily put her there because you're like okay anakin doesn't is not there anymore now it's dark vader like we don't really need ahsoka anymore as a jump star and because we hadn't heard about her character in other series that happened later on we didn't necessarily think about her but mm -hmm. she would be perfect for it like possibly dead apprentice who found her way towards balance because more mm -hmm, than mm -hmm. any other Jedi so far had found that balance between what is the dark side, what is the light side, why does it have to be one extreme or the other? And they do a really good job of exploring that through Rebels with Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. So we'll get to that once we get to where we last see Ahsoka towards the end and why I really hope we get that version of Ahsoka somehow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But they did an amazing job of implementing her who was a huge character in the animated series but and here's where i think they succeed better than they did mandalorian that well, even though you yeah. introduce this character <laughs> that's so huge yeah. it's still about the ghost family yeah yeah you know yeah. she adds to the story instead of detracting from the other characters it's like this addition she's a support yes yeah, she's a supporting character yeah. despite her being in season two fairly frequently yeah. She's always there to support the narrative of the ghost instead of kind of supplanting it, which I think could have been something tempting for Filoni to do because we know that Ahsoka is Filoni's baby. No. So he could have easily been like, okay, now this is the Ahsoka show and she's leading the ghost. And everyone could have taken a backseat to her, but yeah. I kudos to the, the strength of the show for showing that restraint and being like, no, this is not her story. 
this is their story and she is there to supplement it so kudos but i do want to say one thing because it always makes me feel like an idiot every time i kind of see the clues that it was supposed to be ahsoka and it's always the the fulcrum symbol the fulcrum symbol should have been like the calling card of being like oh yeah that's ahsoka because after she shows up i'm like fuck the fulcrum symbol is her is her face Mm -hmm. like her head Mm -hmm. uh whatever pattern however you call it yeah uh, that they painted on the stormtroopers that not stormtroopers sorry the the clone uh, troopers it says the the thing with the two with the two dots i'm just like Mm -hmm. oh that's how did i not pick that up it's so up like once you see it you can't unsee it anymore you can't unsee it yeah so i was like good job feloni for putting something that's very obvious and make and not making me see it especially somebody and that... kudos to you nerds who did see it uh, i'm sure yeah, there's somebody kudos, being kudos. like oh yeah i will i, 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 I knew yeah. well good for you i i have i have more childlike wonder okay well, and especially a character <laughs> that again was so loved by feloni as the fulcrum in season one it's a very suspicious character they mm-hmm. really are i i'm all there with sabine that every single time they sent them on a mission something went wrong and every time i said and i need this person but this one and you i mean she's mentioned this full crowd a couple times and a couple times it's just a voiceover and then it's only at the end that we get like the hologram mm-hmm. still completely footed but even a hologram at least we know it's an actual person because it's there's a lot of trust issues with the ghosts first because they didn't you know all know each other they didn't know all their baggage mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and especially with the character of Sabine, who started off, you know, at the um, Academy of the Empire, mm-hmm. who followed orders without thinking about it because, oh, good soldiers follow good soldiers follow, or- follow orders. orders, you know, even without the chip that that, that kept being on the motto, and mm-hmm. then now being with the ghosts and saying, oh, good soldiers follow orders, like because I can't tell you what's going on, but trust me, mm-hmm. and it's is how you navigate the trust issues the secrecy and everything that is so fantastic about it and that's just season one yeah and then when finally they go against fulcrum's orders because after kanan gets taken by the empire they're like can't sacrifice all of you guys just for kanan you have to let it go let it be and then ezra goes against orders decides it's just a surprising thing for ahsoka to say because Ahsoka yeah. would be one of the yeah. first people to be like, no, 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 we gotta rescue like Which a person to, that I care about. With, but it still goes to show how fragile the beginning of the rebellion was. Mm. That you didn't really know where anything was going and how easily uh, allegiances could fall. Because the because yeah. we see that in Andor as well with um, Luthen. All the characters. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, with Luthen and Mon Mothma, who, you know, Mon Mothma is a character that we never really thought would be catchy. Well, but, you know, she's not a soldier. Like, let's cut. A lot of people call Mon Mothma the Nancy Pelosi of space. And I think that's very unfair. No, I think, I think that's unfair. It's but unfair. I'm just that people. She, she, she's figuring it out. Yeah, that people, especially when alliances are tenuous and you don't know where things are going. And everything hangs on a balance, like the entire galaxy hangs on this thin thread. Mm-hmm. So it's it's unsurprising then that Ahsoka 
would also have been on this thin thread of if, if I do this, I compromise to this, this is what happens. And when they, you know, save Canaan, and that's when they finally get to realize that there is a rebellion, that mm-hmm. they have rebels come in to save them, other ships from other cells. And then the first person you see is the hologram of Bail Organa. <laughs> My boy, Jimmy. I mean, it's not Jimmy Smith, but, you know, but yeah. Jimmy Smith is the. the the spirit that carries uh, that character. So yeah. Puerto Rico the in the sur- house, always. Always, always. But then the surprise of the other characters, like where we were kind of doing this because we believe in this family and we believed you, Hera, but we didn't really believe the rebellion existed. And oh shit, it does. And then Ahsoka comes down the stairs. It's mm-hmm. like, oh shit. <laughs> it's like, I'm not Fulton. My name is Ahsoka Tano. You inspired everybody. We were trying to keep utmost secrecy, but we cannot let hope die. Now it's like, now we have to move forward. It's the the stage has changed. It's good. It's good. I it's mean, good. if if there's if there's a way to like end a season, that's the way to do it. It's like, hey, here's the this main character that you guys loved from this other show that you have I no mean, idea what's happened to her. And now here she is. Boom! Cut the credits. Kudos. Kudos, Filoni. Kudos. However... Well, actually, there's a scene of Darth Vader actually being brought back. That's yeah, but, but, that, but that's but, also... <laughs> but like, you close with Vader, and it's just, oh, shit. Like, Anakin yeah. as Vader is back, and mm-hmm. Ahsoka's back. Is, are they gonna... Yeah. Is there gonna be, like, a, like a, a meeting? Which, obviously, we know there is eventually, <laughs> but that's... that's I mean, it's, that's a, as far as endings go, I mean, not oh, endings, yeah. season finales go, that was... Yeah solid because then you're like oh this show is in a completely different ballpark now from how it started we started like as this kids show and i use that cautiously Mm -hmm. of estra being kind of a idiot and being a kid episodes of the week but we're still like mostly concentrated just on those dolls and two yeah oh shit ahsoka bail organa the rebellion is beginning to this is something completely different something that became and still is very very special i mean the testament to how special the show is is the upcoming series right where we get to see these characters not just continue their stories but transcend now from animation into live action which some people are upset by because they're like oh well we should continue those stories in animation because live action isn't more important than animation which is a point that i do understand however there's also the point that more people watch live find action. find live action more accessible to these stories not just in stars but in general so it's you know we so it's it's i think a big deal to have like one of like all of these characters jump into live action so that more people can come back and see them and appreciate them and then be able to be like oh there's more stories about these characters that are really, really cool. Let's well, go yeah. and watch. Let's go watch those stories now. So it well, it, it only elevates the rebels. Well, yeah, and honestly, considering that Ahsoka is this character that Filoni was in love with for so long, there's a million different directions that the show could have gone. And and knowing that we're getting Hera, Sabine, Ezra, Thrawn, all these characters, and and to like continue the story of rebels. And Purgles. Don't Tiny. forget the Purgles. And Purgles. God, if we get... Oh, yeah, we got Purgles. 
Oh no, we, we're, we're getting. You're not watching. Yeah, we're getting Purgles. Yeah, we're getting yeah, Purgles. Yeah. We already that for saw. A second. It's been we, a while. We saw them in Mando season three. Now we saw them yeah. in the trailer, uh, which it's interesting. <laughs> I remember when I saw Purgles for the first time in Rebels. In Rebels, I'm just like, this is kind of stupid. But at the end, when Ezra calls them and the Bendu is going batshit insane, and yeah. all the weird Force stuff is happening, I'm just like, okay, nope. Purgles are okay. cool. Never mind, Purgles. <laughs> Burgers are cool. That's see, that's one of the things that I really like about uh, that I really like about Star Wars that I don't understand like why some nerds aren't able to get over themselves about is that ability to even though something might be presented to me and I think at first it's dumb. Like I'm just yeah. like, okay, well, let's see. And then eventually it Star Wars is like, you. okay, here yeah. you go. And then yeah. this is why you're wrong about this being stupid. Because actually bad. it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, so thank you rebels for doing a lot of that because obviously i started the beginning of that show not being particularly invested because i was watching it when it came out uh, it was on disney channel whatever i was watching i don't have cable mm -hmm. so i was watching it on disney xd which is the app on apple tv so i would just yeah. watch it when it would be on the app so you know i would watch it when it came out so i was there since the beginning of rebels so i kind of grew with it Considering that at the beginning I'm just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, guys. I'm not sure, but eventually the show grew into something that kicked a lot of ass. And I was just watching a Star Wars Explains video on everything you need to know about Lothal, which, if you haven't checked it out, check it out because Alex and Molly do a wonderful job at recapping things and giving you all the information you need before diving into new or existing shows and it was kind of talking about the loth wolves which we'll talk about when we talk about season mm -hmm. three or four whichever i forgot i probably four i think because that's when yeah. I, I think that's that's when kanan, kanan. Dust. uh and they were showing like how weird the loth wolves are because they can transcend the force and go into like yeah. all these weird stuff and i'm like damn like rebels was weird but yeah, weird in an great. awesome way the type of stuff that I want to see in Star Wars, which is one of the reasons yeah. I'm excited for both shows that are coming out, Acolyte and Ahsoka, showing us stuff that we Fair haven't shit. seen before. It's just, you know, it's just a shame that we can't talk about those shows without, you know, the the the, know. the baggage that we now have thinking about how a lot of these writers and actors have been taken advantage of, especially by yeah. that corporation that is yep. That owns them because if you've read the news about things that uh, well let's just call them out that disney does it's it's pretty harrowing like the one thing i was reading about now was one of the things that they do on the disney channel is shows once i think it's for writers uh, but a, sh a writer in the first couple of seasons of a show doesn't get paid like a full rate like it paid like a x amount rate and then like after a certain season i think it's like a, third, a success or something something like that it's just like once the the show starts like the third or the fourth season that's when they get paid like the full like their full amount something like that obviously it's a little more complicated than how i just explained right, it because but... i'm not good at explaining things so look it up yourself please don't don't trust me look it up for yourself please uh, but the th way that disney got around to uh, around that to like get out of paying writers what they deserve is they would 
rebrand the show, basically cancel it, but then continue it with a new name. So that's technically a new show. So you're not continuing on the same show. You continue on a new show, even though it's technically the same show, just with a new name. And that way they wouldn't have to pay them full rates. So it's very, it's very, very scummy what uh, all of these studios do to actors and writers to not pay them. Make an extra buck. To not pay them a living wage when everything Mm -hmm. that they would need to do to pay them what they deserve. Actually, not even what they deserve. To pay them the bare minimum is less than a percent of all the grosses that the, the studios are making. So it's disgusting. And it's not just the entertainment industry that does this. Like all industries are doing this. We're living in like fucked up. And, you know, I, mean, I try to avoid cursing as much as possible, but this deserves it. This is a fucked up times where corporations and the government just do not care about working class and, 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 and low income people, poor people. And just take advantage of them, and like in a way where, like before, I feel like they would be embarrassed about it, and they would try to like hide their tracks and be like, "Oh, we're taking advantage of you, but we want to like, you know, not on the download, the DL." Now it's just like I don't. (laughs) Now it's just like I I don't care. I'm doing it, and and whatever. What are you gonna do? Cancel your subscriptions and not watch anything? It's it's very it's very it's it's very dark and, and and sad. Honestly, to see yeah. like what we're doing. Well, sorry that I kind of took this from Ahsoka into uh, that realm, Darkness. but we kind of well, we kind of have to. We can't we can't forget <laughs> the know. the shadow right that looms over all of these shows now because it's it's we can't just cover our eyes and pretend that this isn't happening. This doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorry. Well, actually, no, I'm not sorry. Oh, and that's what we started with. Think about Paper it. Circle. Think about it. And the circles are circles are important. Every everything is cyclical, and I think that these strikes. I I'm very very hopeful. I have all the faith possible, even though I don't believe in faith. I believe in action. But I think that it we're it's gonna come out. Um, there's gonna be a victory, for 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 the actors and the writers because it's not the first time that this has happened. There's been like yeah. other psych. It happens every time. There's like yeah. new, uh, like a new way to, to to consume all the all all this uh, all these shows there's always some fuckery that these studios want to do to take advantage of it and there's and they, they always have to kind of pull back and give people what they're due oh. so hopefully it's sooner rather than later but i do think that the that victory yeah. is achievable i think with that we're done victory I hope. I mean, I, I hope that was a. That was, I think that was a good note to be done. I hopefully I will if if I ever decide to re-listen to this. Hopefully that sounded good and not dumb. So at least make some people think about something. <laughs> You're quiet, so I'm gonna take that as a no. But don't confirm it. Don't confirm it. It's good. I'm just tired. I'm tired. I have job too, tomorrow. I'm tired. Yeah, we're releasing this on Wednesday. We're recording it on Tuesday because we were supposed yeah. to do it Sunday. Then we did, and we were supposed to do it yesterday, and we were tired. But but we're doing this for you. We're we're oops, we're doing it. We're doing it. But anyway, Nani, take so take with over. That, we are tired of the force. We are going to continue talking about the seasons of Rebels, what Ahsoka meant to them, and leading up to how we end with her Rebels. 
So please stay tuned for that. Let us know if you're enjoying this. If you enjoyed Rebels to begin with, if you're interested in watching it now, maybe like in preparation for Ahsoka, what you believe about the strikes, anything. Just like, subscribe, leave a comment. We're always around. And until next time, may the force.